The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 24 through 28 of The Shadow Rising, book four of The Wheel of Time. I forgot. <laughs> you, you nailed it, though. <laughs> so previously, we met the mysterious sea folk and learned that they, too, love the Dragon D. Just everyone loves that Dragon D. Nynaeve's detective agency brings in Tom and Joy Lynn on a strictly probationary basis, and we learned that sea folk also have secret channelers. That's interesting. Uh, Rand reveals his Dragon D to everyone in the stone, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's a humanitarian mission and a road trip to wizard school, so that's great. That's his Dragon D. Um, which, again, stands for Dragon Destiny, for those of you who are keeping track. I know. (laughs) Checks out. (laughs) We basically skip about ten chapters of walking through shitty villages, and our dragon team arrives in the sun-blasted wasteland, or Phoenix, Arizona, uh, as we're determined. (laughs) Uh, That's what it's called in the modern age. Uh, Then the wise ones start handing out golden tickets to Ruidian like they're going out of style. You want one? You? No? You're good? Okay. Everyone's going to Ruidian. (laughs) (laughs) Which leads us right into... Well... The first thing I want to say is these chapters are bananas. I know. Uh-huh. I know. This is a, this. Okay. Well, I, we'll get into it. But like, I felt like there was a, there was this like this this weird spiking that was happening because there was like this really great set of chapters and there was just like really dumping set of chapters and then <laughs> it got good. You know, it's like back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been really excited. We have a listener in Canada who was telling us that he was super excited about getting to the Ruidian chapters and I didn't know what he was talking about, but yeah. he's totally right. These yeah. were awesome. I forgot about this stuff. Like, I don't know why. I know I, I remember that I've I've read all this before, but like I had completely forgot all this stuff that happens while they're in Ruidian. Yeah, I... I... I remember all this stuff, but I, I don't. I didn't remember how crazy it got and uh-huh. how fast it got that way. Because this whole book, what we're on chapter twenty four, it's been basically twenty chapters of people talking about their feelings with each other. Yeah, and sitting and, in tear, doing absolutely nothing. And it's like Robert Jones, like, whoa, 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 never mind. I'm writing high fantasy. There needs to be some crazy magic stuff happening now. Mm-hmm. So chapter twenty four, Ruidian with an icon of the dice. Good, it's a mat chapter. That's right, because Matt just kind of decided to come along, right? With Ruidian. Right. He's like, yeah, you know, I want to go to Ruidian too. And he like waves his hands in the air. And they're like, that's not how you do and, that. And Rand is such a bro, you know, even though this is this is really his thing. Yeah. This is really his destiny, his legacy, his heritage, all this stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, my my, my friend can come. Yeah. And they're like, come on, really? All right, well, fine, fuck it. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, I guess changes are coming, sure. Yeah, so Rand and Matt both head through the magical fog wall into the mystical city of Ruidian. And this is really cool. This yeah. It's like a half-finished city for reasons that they don't know yet. And there's all these like crazy buildings made of glass or, or things they, they don't understand. They sounded sort of like modern skyscrapers. They were like these vertical-sided buildings made of cut glass. It, that, does what it, 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 that is what it sounds like, yeah. yeah. And so, so whoever was building this city was building like Manhattan or something yeah. in the middle of the Isle Waste. Oh, I want to point out that Matt is still thinking about how to get into the twisted doorway that he swore he would never go into in the first place. He's like, man, I really want to go through that doorway again. <laughs> no, that was like... Like the biggest like chapter. <laughs> yeah, I, I also have a Matt note, which as they're walking down the, the street and they're going past all these empty buildings, Matt's thinking, I wonder what's inside. Maybe furniture or gold or knives. I know, look, I drew a little angry face and I wrote JFC Matt. <laughs> like, come on, dude, let's learn. Yeah, please. not like knives found in ancient haunted cities have ever caused you a problem before, right? right. <laughs> I wonder if they have any gold knives. <laughs> I know, I mean, did, maybe he forgot that. Like, he's lost a lot of memories. Maybe he forgot that, he forgot that whole thing with a knife. Surely, maybe somebody should just remind him, like, Matt, don't steal any knives from any ruins. <laughs> the one thing you can't do is that. They should, like, do a little tattoo on him of a knife with, like, a circle and it cross through <laughs> it. The really annoying thing is that it wouldn't help. Like, every time someone tells him, Matt, definitely don't do this thing. It's a terrible idea. He's like, I'm going to do that thing. <laughs> this is right, yeah. <laughs> Be careful with those fireworks. Don't go through that twisted doorway. <laughs> what does he do? Yeah. Every time. Every time. Yep. So they find a bunch of stuff. They also find a bunch of Terangrial, like Aes Sedai stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just like, a whole piles of it. Just lying around. Yeah. The, 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 it sounds like, it sounds almost like a, like a museum, except it's just like out in the open as if they were just dumped on the ground. It's wild. And we find mm. out something really interesting too. Rand brings up a bunch of water from below and it's drinkable water. He says there's an ocean of good water down there. Um, if I could find a way to bring it up. So that's interesting, too. Yeah, right? Maybe that's why this city is here. Maybe that's where the fog comes from in some magical way. Yeah. Yeah. He said, 
He d- he does bring up a small amount for them to drink, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and they say there's a bunch of uh, just empty fountains mm-hmm. around the whole city. How the city was designed to work, or something? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I th- you know, I mean, well, I know that's not what they're here for, but if I walked into the square, I would immediately start looting. So maybe you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, you would be killed by the Aiel before you took a step out of there, right? I mean, only if they catch you. <laughs> not if you have like some sort of like laser shield. I don't know what the <laughs> I said I had. So can we say you're the mat of our group then? Y- you know, I mean, look, if, if you've got a room full of magic artifacts, it's maybe not such a bad idea to start picking them up and waving around, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's what what is our track record in these these books? Because that has happened quite a few times. <laughs> I mean, so far it's worked out pretty well, except for that one. I mean, I mean, the couple. one time you un- unleashed the Eldritch Horror. It was more than one time. Right? Yeah, there's a couple times he's really familiar. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's an interesting choice of Robert Jordan's to tell this from Matt's perspective rather than Rand's, because it's Matt watching Rand and commenting on what he's doing, and I wonder why he did it that way. I think Rand is kind of transitioning to being a boring character, just just because of the, the nature of the position that he's in, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm, I'm collecting all the information I can, and I'm trying to do the best job I can. Yeah. And that's yeah. really interesting, narratively speaking. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to be really noble now. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I, there are times when I would be curious to know what his decision-making process is. Because, you know, like, he, we don't know what information he has. He spent a lot of time looking in books, and a lot of these big reveals are like, oh, I found this random thing. But, I mean, like, mm-hmm. when he when he decided to come to Ruidian, like, that was that was a pretty, like, it'd be curi- I'd be curious to know, like, what he learned in the Twisted Doorway, you know? Mm-hmm. We haven't had anything from his perspective much at all. I wonder if the reason why Robert Jordan is doing it is because Rand, Rand as the dragon is such a outsized, fantastical character that he doesn't want us to have that insight in Rand's head. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he's like a, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we're not supposed to know. Yeah, they, they see a bunch of stuff, uh, and then they get to the center uh, where there's some kind of really cool holographic display thing full of a bunch of towers and stuff that you have to walk through a really cool like multimedia experience presentation <laughs> i was having trouble picturing this and not picturing like a super futuristic thing you know it's like <laughs> i was like maybe like like uh what's it um the uh what's it fortress of solitude with like crystals or something like that i don't know but it it's it felt a lot like walking into like a, yeah. a samsung or something like <laughs> right it's, i mean the description makes it sound a lot like a genius bar yeah <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Um, in addition to the the futuristic holographic display, they also see a Venusaurus. Yeah, which the, which I, I up until now I forgot right? was here. Yeah, I was like because I remember back you know when we were in when they were up in the blight, I was like, is this a Venusaurus? But it ended up being the Green Man, and and but mm-hmm. here it is. It's, yeah, it's, and they they sit there for a while under a Venusaurus, and it, and it really chills them out. Mm-hmm. Did you guys uh, get that reference? So they talk about uh, Goatom. Uh, and uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that's Siddhartha Gautama. Yeah, yeah, the Buddha, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah he sat under a tree for forty years to gain wisdom. Was, I think it was forty-nine days, but uh, mm-hmm. but the myth, the myth, yeah, the legend, like that. The yeah. Same, yeah, and they were saying that in in their version of myth, it was an Avendasura tree, which makes sense. You sit under that and chill out and gain wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of a cool parallel mythology thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. We've been hearing about this all the time. These, these whole books, and that's where it is. Yeah. Yeah, pretty neat. So Rand heads into the uh, multimedia experience, <laughs> and uh, we lose him for this chapter because we follow Matt, and Matt, with time on his hands, is a bad <laughs> Of deal. course he wanders around. He's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> right. Another twisted doorway. <laughs> I know. God right? damn it, Matt. Yeah, and I, I put in a note, I don't, when I read these books when I was a teenager, I didn't realize how funny Matt was. I thought he was meant to be taken seriously, but mm-hmm. he's he's like he's a joke, right? Yeah. He's so silly. He's ridiculous. He always he always makes like the worst possible decision in any situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Matt finds another twisted doorway. Mm-hmm. And without really thinking about it, he decides to go through this twisted doorway too to get answers. I'm gonna point something out. Um because Jordan actually makes a point of describing the carvings on this twist, twisted doorway. Mm-hmm. So I went back to the other one and they are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are lo- triangles set in three lines, whereas the one in tier has three sinuous lines, which I guess is a hint at what we find it within the doorway. Yeah. But also that, that recalls some of the symbols that they saw in the portal stones too, right? When they were trying to figure out how to get to Ruidian? It's possible. Well, I don't point. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were triangles, weren't they? And those are the triangles of different worlds. These are different worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if the portal stones could be used to access these other worlds too. 
Oh, yeah, maybe. If you knew what you were doing. Yeah. So he heads in and <laughs> and is not the place he thought he was going. Yeah, so he meets a guy in a kilt, but not quite a guy, right? Yeah, it's it, much like in the other interdimensional place, they're human-ish, but not human. He's he's definitely elfish, right? He's got slightly pointed um, ears and he has... Doesn't he have pretty sharp teeth, too? Yeah, yeah he's he got sharp mm-hmm. teeth and sharp teeth. short yeah. reddish hair, yeah. and he's really tall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he asks him again, are you carrying iron or instruments of music or devices for making light? Yeah, Those are different. all fairy things, right? Yeah, yeah, they're different people, but they follow the same rules, apparently. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, this guy's wearing human skin. Indeed he is. Yeah. Cool. It's pretty, and it's like studded straps of human skin. Yep. This is a bit more bondage than the snakes were. Yep. So Matt, uh, follow this guy deeper into their palace. And of course, the the physical geometry of this place, building, wherever they are, doesn't make any sense. Although in a very different way from the other place. In the other place, there were no straight lines. There were no angles at all. In this place, everything is acute angles. There are no right angles or, or wide angles. Which, interestingly enough, refer, kind of matches those symbols that we saw carved on the thing. We have yeah. The triangles versus the uh, the sinuous lines. Mm. Uh, this place might actually be creepier than the other dimension he went to. I think it's a lot creepier. They're both pretty <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah, so he follows this guy around and and this guy looks at him like, the things you say are gibberish. We don't understand what you're talking about. Questions. Mm-hmm. And he meets some another council of people sitting on pillars. And it goes very badly. Yes. <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, he he's not picking up on it really. That's the thing about Matt. He doesn't. He's not. He's not quick on the pickup. So when they're yeah. clearly like, we're not going to do that thing. He's just like leaning into it. He's like, no, tell me all these answers. Tell me all these things. Yeah. And I guess he stumbles upon sort of what they're looking for by accident. Yeah, and I I think what what our takeaway is what they're looking for is they grant wishes of a kind. Yeah, it's, instead of granting knowledge, they grant you things. Yeah, yeah, give you things that you want. Or need, is I think. Or what whatever you ask for or something. Yeah. And so he's asking them questions and they're just looking at him like, you're not doing anything. <laughs> and then, then he starts demanding things from them in his typical Matt asshole manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he, and they're like, done, done, done. <laughs> he says he wants the holes in his memory filled. Uh, what else does he say? He says, I want to be away from you. And I want a way to get free of the Aes Sedai and the One Power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those are, I guess, are the three things he asked for. <laughs> yeah. Though what that means exactly is hard to say because they immediately kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. They say you're an idiot for not setting a price before dealing. So they kill him. To be fair, I mean, how is he supposed to know that? Right. I mean, yeah, like, right. There's no instruction manual for this thing. Right. Yeah. So, so in Matt's defense... Even though he made a lot of stupid decisions, it's not entirely his fault that he gets killed here. But you know. So the reason he's here is because the snake people told him to go to Ruidian. Mm-hmm. That's true. Did they know this was going to happen? Can they see this? I I would assume so. I mean, like, they... they. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. To, to what degree and in what way are these two different interdimensional creatures related? They seem very similar, but are they in the same... Are they in complementary planes? Are they aware of each other? Do they... I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, they call him a fool and kill him. Chapter 20. <laughs> the then road... we don't have to worry about Matt anymore. It's great. Yeah, no, problem solved. <laughs> the end. Big weight off everybody's mind. The road to the spear. The icon of the wheel of time. Because important stuff is about to happen. This is bananas. Yeah. Rand enters the crystals. And uh, it turns out that Muradin, that Kuladin's brother who had gone in earlier in the day, was was there in the crystals with him. Uh, and he immediately starts having crazy flashbacks to previous lives of Aiel. I think they're all in the same line, bloodline, too, which makes me wonder, are these Rand's ancestors? If they're far enough back, they, this this guy, they, they could be the ancestors of all the Aiel, right? Mm-hmm. True. Maybe they're all the Aiel that survived. Yeah. That's a good point. I, or, or maybe the Aiel that go in there get a different perspective from different members of the Aiel? Well, I, I mean, that's that's a, another good question. I mean, we know that there are several different families or groups of Aiel that did make it through. And we know that only people of Aiel blood are allowed to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's part of it, you know? Yeah. So the... There's, this is this whole thing is crazy. He, he lives the memories of these past lives of Aiel... Like shortly after and during the breaking of the world, and he lives with them backwards. 
Yeah. Like the from from younger to older, mm-hmm. and so it's really confusing. It is. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a. Yeah. It was. A, it was kind of a fascinating way to tell the story, but but a very. I think a very Jordan esque one in a way. Like he likes to make these little story puzzles that you kind of have to like think about and sort of fit things together to to sort them out. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't always give you all the information. He gives you enough hints that you can kind of piece it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this felt very Robert Jordan, and I, I actually loved it. I thought it was like a great way to do it, but it was absolutely confusing. Yeah, I, I thought this book was pretty slow up to this point, but these chapters are like, oh, yeah, this is why we're reading this. This is amazing. Yeah. And it really personified that what we get at the beginning of each book, the Wheel of Time turns, um, leaving and ages come past, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gives it birth comes again. Yeah, yeah. because it's the history, and it... It is kind of the history of the Aiel, but it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, f- we're finding out what that initial, that original history was, and it explains a lot of things that happen now and a lot of legends and myths and traditions right. they have now. And you've got to remember, this is the thing that the Aiel clan chiefs know that none of the other Aiel know about right. the Aiel. That's true. This is where they really came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah and, and in a way, this history is what the entire Aiel societal structure is built on, like in a way, almost built on a mistake that happened a thousand years ago, which is really interesting. Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. right? But was it a mistake? That's a great question. I mean, like... Because yeah, it's, it's, it's foretelling, all... right? It's yeah. What's, what's meant to happen? It's like... Let's delve in and find out. I yeah. know, it's fascinating. Like, the, one of the first things that we learn is that there's this, like, split uh, between the Aiel and the Lost Ones. I think it's, like, early on in this like this set of stories, right? Yeah, that you, it goes backwards, so... The, the first guy you start hearing from is pretty recognizable as a warrior Aiel. And that's a Mondean. I don't even know how to recap this, really. I know. I was wondering how you were going to do this. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, we, we so just I break th- it up by story, right? So Yeah. Kind of- yeah. So, well, I, I think I'm just going to go real quick. Like, it, the first memory is Mondean, who's been summoned by the Gen Aiel to Ruidian, which is being built by, like, the last of the Aes Sedai from the Age of Legends. And it's difficult to say how long ago this was exactly, because we know... I think we know at this point that the Janayil no longer exist. Like they're 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 gone from from history. Yeah, well, it's what the wise ones call themselves, uh, and we learn why that is here. And so, yeah, this is this has got to be a few hundred years after the breaking of the world because there are Aes Sedai there from the breaking of the world, and they're very very old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's how Ruidian got built with with Aes Sedai's. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Mondean and his the other clans have been summoned to basically go through these trials at Ruidian uh, to because they, their dreamwalkers have told them that if they don't do these trials, then they will all die out. Everybody who doesn't go through these trials, their clans will die out. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the first memory we get. So we go back to his, I think this is the grandfather of his grandfather, because a lot of times they actually mention the, the subsequent person. They say great father, which I'm assuming means grandfather. Yeah, but I, I think this, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the great father of his great father. And we get, but from that first one, we also get the prophecy again. The One of the Aes Sedai there says, The stone that never falls will fall to announce his coming of the blood, but not raised by the blood. He will come from Ruidian at dawn and tie you together with bonds you cannot break. He will take you back and he will destroy you. Yeah, so it's that's, the dragon. Yeah, that's the dragon prophecy from one of the Aes Sedai. So that that's time. what this is all about. This mm-hmm. whole these people's whole culture is all about the dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go back to his great father, great father, uh, Roderick, and Roderick is escorting some what he calls Gen Aiel across the Dragon Wall, and the Gen Aiel are these kind of they're these peaceful people that that don't fight. And they have they're shepherding these wagons full of artifacts, which made, immediately made me think of the traveling folk. They are the traveling folk. They're the tinkers, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. they're also looking for the song. Well, they're, they're, the, they mentioned oh, the sorry, lost yeah. ones. Are, yeah. Not exactly, but we, yeah, we'll get to that. Sorry. It's all connected. Yeah, but the yes, but and Roderick is just a an Aiel, and he he is basically protecting them. They're following and protecting the Gen Aiel. Another interesting, it's very small, but something interesting Robert Jordan does to help us kind of keep track of what's going on is we also get a lot of mentions of water and snow that are helpful to us because mm-hmm. the Aiel live in the waste where there's no water and obviously no snow at all. But then we go back to Roderick and he's talking about how he remembers the old people talking about snow. And the farther back we go, the more water there is. And we have references to like snowball fights and things like that, which I yeah. found helpful. Yeah, Absolutely. So we go back to Jeordam, who is getting he he gets revenge for some Gen Aiel that got murdered. Mm-hmm. And this is where the first maiden of the spear happens. Yeah, right. Right, because there's a mother whose daughter is 
is taken. This is also where the the Aiel's weapon system is invented, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so, with the, the small shield and the short spears, yeah. sort of like a skirmishing weapon style. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost by accident. He uh, he brings it out and he's like, hey, this would be really good for dealing with people with swords. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we head back even further to Lewin. Which is just his father, Gerardim's father, right? Yes, Lewin is, is Gerardim's father, uh-huh. yeah. And Gerardim grew up as a fighter, and and, and like Ger- and like Roderick after him, they follow the Aiel around, or they follow the, these people around that they call the Aiel, and and uh, protect them. But Lewin actually is one of those people, his father Lewin, who uh, who never kill anybody, and they're totally peaceful, like you know the way of the leaf that we've heard of before, right? Mm-hmm. And but he's the first one that kills people because they get attacked. There, it's like. It's after the breaking of the world, and the world seems to be dominated by bandits and, like, warlords. Yeah. And so these people get attacked and robbed constantly because they have all these wagons full of artifacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the artifacts are useless to anybody, basically. But they keep getting killed. And so Lewin goes to, you know, get his sister back from these, these raiders, and he ends up killing them. Mm-hmm. And th- after killing them, he gets uh, shunned by the other Aiel. They yeah. say, no, 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 we don't kill. That's not who we are. And he, there's a dust storm going on, so he pulls up his dust veil. And that's where, like, the veiling thing came from. Like, we only kill, we only veil our faces when we kill because because that's just a tradition now. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I also, think... also, he's the one that decides not to ever pick up a sword because the sword is a tool that is only for killing. Yeah. It seems that their, their culture is never use a weapon, but he kind of, corrupts it a little bit by saying okay yeah these are the spear and the short knife these are not just weapons they're also right he's tools. still trying to hold to his culture even though he's the world has forced him to be this killer mm-hmm. yeah so he's like the first aiel as we know them as a, a killer that's right and and i guess this is the this is our first explanation because i think no modern aiel know the well i mean except for the clan chiefs apparently, yeah right but no modern aiel other than the clan chiefs know the reason for not them not using swords specifically right yeah uh, and it, it's confusing. The whole thing is really confusing because almost all the people in the memories refer to the peaceful people as the Aiel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not themselves. Not until much later. Until, well, much earlier <laughs> in the book, in the not in the chapter. Yeah, I mean, uh, by the time, the, the first little vignette we see, the fact that the, the people in Ruidian... Uh, don't use weapons is like they're derided by the what the the people who consider themselves actually Aiel. And I remember he says something like, "Oh, you're Aiel too," and it's like a, it's a little scandalous for other people there because they're like, "These people aren't Aiel, but they're yeah. they're the only true Aiel left." Yeah, and a lot of weird little pieces are coming together too. How you're not allowed to bring weapons into Ruidian. Uh, tinkers are some of the only people who the Aiel allow to cross the the waste. Yeah, that's right. And, and yeah. we never had an explanation for this really, except mm-hmm. now we know that it's because they are they're shunned. They're not like they're. It's I, I always assumed it was like they are peaceful, so the Aiel are like, well, they're peaceful, we won't mess with them. But it's really that the Aiel see them as like lost and 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 yeah, they, they see them as. Well, as we'll learn in the next chapter, it's because the tinkers derive from the gen Aiel. Yeah. Just like the Aiel that we know do. That's right. I, I think this whole chapter is really interesting commentary on the, like, the origins of tradition, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because this is something that we we experience today all the time, right? Like um, Christmas is a classic example. Like all the things that we think of that we grew up with, oh, these these Christmas carols, these like ideas of what Santa is, all that stuff, that all originated in like the 1950s, right? I think it was the Santa part did, but the holidays been around for a really long time. Sure, There's sure, a lot but of like what we traditions, right, right. But I mean, the things that we think of as like, oh, this is what Christmas is. Most of that stuff is relatively new. Like yeah. the all the the most of our songs, most of our like iconography, it's all relatively recent stuff. Yeah, and what we know about it is just what people have told us about the traditions, right. about what the traditions are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that, that Robert Jordan writes these traditions as like little, almost like events of necessity that have no importance in and of themselves, but become just the way people do things. And then by the time we get to the modern idea, they're like, this is the only way to do things. This is the right way to do things. And it's yeah. Kind of- and I think what's fascinating about this is that their their culture was basically disintegrating, right? Yeah. We could, because of course it was, because they were apparently, we don't know that much yet, but they're this very peaceful people that were that had like some dedicated thing they were trying to do during the breaking of the world. So like everybody else, their culture fell apart and they, they became like wasteland survivors. But 
what we see through these memories, if we put them in order, is the last Aes Sedai constructing a place and a way of life that keeps their culture the same. Yeah. Which is Ruidian, right? Every All their clan chiefs have to go to Ruidian. And when they go to Ruidian, they learn the true history. And they also learn why the history has to propagate. So they, they keep the culture going. And the Ruidian never changes, right? That's not an oral tradition. It's a recording. Mm-hmm. So this is this is like this whole Ruidian is an artifact for keeping these people's culture the same until they're needed by the dragon. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's kind of a fascinating way like to their, do it. Their history kind of stops when Ruidian is built because they they no longer their culture doesn't change after that. Yeah, and every time a clan chief goes, they they rein they're like reinvigorating or re uh, reinjecting the culture back into the the exactly the right or. They die. <laughs> or they die. Like yeah. the other guy in there with Rand, who is Muradin. Yeah. Who having a rough time. He cannot, cannot handle it. Because Rand keeps out. seeing him in, yeah, he keeps he seeing him in flashes mm-hmm. between all the memories. And, and Rand is kind of like, oh, that's interesting. But this guy is is destroyed by it. It really reminded me of The Giver by Lois Lowry. Mm. Because they have the one person who is responsible for keeping track of all of the memories, and you have this static culture, essentially. Mm. And the way this young man learns these histories is by experiencing them. Yeah. So this whole thing rolls right into chapter 26, the dedicated, another wheel of time. Yeah. Double wheel of time chapter, boy. Yeah, more memories. Rand is still going through them. So we get um, Adan, and Adan is... Staying faithful to Adon is like the one that that shunned Lewin at the end of the last memory, after Lewin became a killer. Yeah. And so Adon, this is Adon being young, and they're they're traveling and they're protecting these artifacts, and a group of them break off yeah. and they say, "You have strayed from the way of the leaf, and we're going to go find the song." We hear we we remember that there were once great songs. That made everybody happy and full of peace, and we're going to go find them. Which is what the tinkers are still looking for today, which we found right. out. Yeah. yeah. So this is the this is like the moment when there was a split between the Aiel and the Tinkers. Which, if you had you know told me before that the Aiel and the Tinkers were were from the same culture, I would have been like, no way. But this is yeah, that's, this is the point. Yeah, and that's it, why the Aiel let the Tinkers cross the waste and don't hassle them. Mm. Is because they know that the Tinkers. Are descendants of the Gen Aiel, mm-hmm. right? The 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 only true Aiel, the only is, true Aiel. Uh, none of the current, because none of the current Aiel follow any of the culture of the original Aiel. Right? Yeah, they're not fascinating. Yeah, uh, and I I love the the idea like they 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 are failed from the perspective of the Aiel because yeah. they they didn't protect the the artifacts yep. in memory. They didn't stay with the Aiel. They went off to find the song. There, which you know we we saw the Tinkers as being a really positive culture yeah. but these people see them as failures the lost ones i think is what they call them yeah and it's interesting too because the aiel and apparently the original aiel were an ethnic group as much as they were a culture which is not explained how really how that works yeah but the not the tinkers the tinkers are you know they they've mixed with every every ethnic group they've found you know because they're so welcoming and op- open you know mm-hmm. right but the culture is what the Aiel protect, so it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, Adan, his ancestor is Jonai, and Jonai, this is is there during the breaking of the world, the actual breaking of the world when male channelers are running around the place, sinking continents and destroying things. Right, and he's he's an old school Aiel from the Age of Legends, which we learn from his little thing that the Aiel are kind of an ethnic group. And they they're respected in society, like because they're kind of servants or something. They work for the Aes Sedai. They kind of belong to the Aes Sedai in some way. It seems yeah. It seems like they're connected to him, like a specific Aes Sedai. Yeah, and he is the one that is given a, a, a task for the Aiel, which is different from what their original task was. We don't know exactly what that was, but their task is to preserve all of these artifacts through the breaking of the world. So they'll be there to rebuild the world when the when the breaking is over. And also to keep them out of the hands of male channelers because they're yeah. dangerous artifacts too. Yeah. Which is interesting because by the time the Aiel have quote unquote failed their task, they've actually kind of already succeeded because the male channelers are gone, right? Yeah, I guess they kind of that was their purpose. Yeah, though that that purpose has been lost and and forgotten. And, and they don't even remember what it was. Right. Which is crazy. 
and, and he goes and he, he overhears a bit of a, a desperate Aes Sedai meeting of the surviving Aes Sedai who mentioned that, you know, so-and-so and this and such are almost here. They'll be here tomorrow. And I, it wasn't immediately clear to me, but they were referring to male Aes Sedai yep. who are just, I guess, rampaging around the world. Yeah, it, it says the world good. had too many men channeling still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. At this point, they're all mad and like. They're basically just like mad gods going around destroying everything, right? Right. And when they talk about these artifacts, even though the Aiel don't know what they're for, these Terangreal, they do make mention at different points to the stone doorway, which I'm assuming is the twisted one that mm-hmm. they've gone through. Yeah, it's one of the things that they brought all the way from the, the origin, the, the original right. place. In- yeah, so that was a thing from the Age of Legends, and the Aes Sedai of the Age of Legends probably knew all about the those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, I assume that they're the ones who made the original treaties with those people. Yeah, must have been. So in this meeting, we don't get that much about it, but there's been a foretelling, and the, the foretelling says they have to send the Aiel off with these artifacts. Right. And in this meeting is the Green Man. I know, yeah, <laughs> Semeshta. Whose name is Semeshta. Which I guess we never knew his name before this, right? I don't think so, Because yeah. I think he had forgotten his name, is what he said. He right, yeah, because yeah. of the brain damage. Right. And he's there, which is, that's great, a nice cameo. And Kalendor is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the banner from the Eye of the World. Yeah, and the banner is there. So this is where it happens, right? All the stuff that they've been uncovering, all the prophecies that were laid down, this is where it started. Yeah. This is fascinating. I love this. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, we talked briefly with an Aes Sedai, and the Aiel is saying, no, 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 we want to stay here and, and help you. And the Aes Sedai is saying, no, 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 you have to go. This is the foretelling. You have to go. And what we, what we realize and what nobody, what these Aiel probably don't know is that the Aiel themselves are what needs to be preserved. Mm-hmm. Only not in the same form, right? Right. Because the Aiel are unrecognizable now. Mm-hmm. But this Aiel is exactly what Rand needs to fight the last battle, to, to unify the nations of the earth. Yeah, he needs he needs a, an army of super soldiers, which is something they, they it seems like they became by happenstance, but it might have just been this is this is the way they knew that it would happen, you know? Yeah. This is the, the, the way they knew they would create those these super soldiers and by so, setting them on these yeah. this path of hardship. Yeah, and the artifacts, protecting those is important, but it's actually the people. This it's, is mind-blowing. It's really mm. cool. Um, I also want to point out something interesting. The Way of the Leaf seems to be the, the only original idea that's been preserved more or less unadulterated since, like, the beginning. Well, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Way of the Leaf is obviously uh, lost to the Aiel, but the, the the traveling folks still follow it. Oh, yeah. But remember what Avienda had to do to join the wise ones, the Gen Aiel? She had to destroy all her weapons, weapons and make toys out of them. That is true, yeah. Or, or thing, you know, things that couldn't hurt anybody. Yeah, that's right. That's a so good point. So it's like they maybe they do follow the way of belief. Mm-hmm. Just the Jenail. Yeah. The, the clan that is not a clan. It makes right. sense now why you're not allowed to bring weapons into Ruidian. Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. It's like out of respect for the, 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 the last Aiel. Yeah, right. Very cool. So, yeah, he heads out. This is Jonai. And, yeah, he mentions at one point that he's... You know, in the prime of life, 63 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, so I guess that everyone lived a lot longer back then. So if we're doing math to figure out exactly when these people lived, they probably lived a really long time. So this could have been, you know, 500 years, 1,000 years after the breaking when Ruidian was founded. Yeah. Who knows? It's, they don't know. it's really hard to say, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, he heads out and they have, it's noted, tens of thousands of Aiel. Yeah. Like a lot of them. Do you think this agelessness they have is because the one power was more prevalent at this time? Because we know that working with it makes you ageless more yeah. or less like the Aes Sedai. He still thinks of the Aes Sedai as being extremely long-lived, even compared to himself. So mm-hmm. I think maybe it's a medical technology thing. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I think at one point they're talking about how uh, people were dying of illnesses and there were no Aiel to heal them. Im- implying that essentially, oh, sorry, Aiel, there were no Aes Sedai to heal them. Implying mm-hmm. that the Aes Sedai kept people alive. That was one of their, their yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And kept them useful enough to do work. Mm-hmm. So they, they set off. And this is... Oh. I love this. I love this view of the of the, the world falling apart during the breaking. Another uh, kind of interesting thing. The uh, Avendasora has another name. And they, they, they used to be everywhere. Yeah, they call, they're on every street. Yeah, the Chora. Yeah, they're these... The, they didn't seem to have the the mystical or or deific mm-hmm. association at this point, but they were still important. But They, more they of, still made you feel calm and content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were on every street. Imagine living your whole life in the radius of one of these 
thing that makes you calm and content. It would make a great culture, right? I mean, yeah, right. Maybe that's how the Age of Legends was built. Like they had all these uh, pacification mechanisms for the population. <laughs> You're saying so there was some sort of plant that maybe its leaves had like a relaxing feeling right. about them. Perhaps when you use them, but if everyone used this relaxing tree, maybe the world would be a better place. But but the plant had to be really really common, like as common as a weed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Nice. Right, this is super cool. Uh, so we go back even further. To the most banana of all the bananas. Yeah, it's oh doing my like God. crazy sci-fi <laughs> shit here. Yeah, right? Yeah. And this is Kuman, uh, who we saw Kuman briefly. He was like an Aiel that wasn't leaving with the other Aiel, and he got himself a shock lance, whatever that is, yeah. and was just going to fight it out with that <laughs> Aesodai. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but, it, but even then, that was seen as like a huge taboo, because he was Aiel, and he was using a weapon, and that was like... Yeah. They were like... It, it was a big deal. Yeah, for we him. see in the Age of Legend that they treat the the people treat the Aiel with a lot of respect. Yeah, because I guess they're they're servants or owned owned by the Aes Sedai in some way, but not in like a negative slavery way. Like in the, they're exalted, uh, and they never touch a weapon and they never do anything. I think yeah, I think maybe we find out what they're for in this last vignette with Kuman, uh, and this happens. This starts uh, right before the the end of the war of the shadow and he's participating in the song so we find out what the song is it's this thing where all the Aiel are participating with some green men with with Semeshta I think uh yeah Nim is what they call it a Nim yeah yeah to make a field grow with life and food yeah and and he says that after the song is sung then they're like all the all the buds are sprouted and no pest or or Disease will take out those things. Oh, and the Ogier are there too. Yeah, the Ogier are there singing also. They're singing with the Ogier. Which is interesting. Is this the tree song that, that only a few Ogier remember? I wonder if the songs are the same. Or at least right. maybe yeah, the, the same song. Music? Is that the song they're looking for? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Man. Wow, man. So that's what the Aiel are doing when Luz Theron Telamon and his hundred companions lead the strike on Shail Gull, which seals in the Dark One and all the Forsaken. Uh, and they get the news, and they say, "This is great news! Hooray!" And the, the, the there's like, what are they called? Joe cars. They've got like, cars, and they call them hoverflies, but they're I guess they're, they're to be like helicopters, helicopters more or less. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's Joe wings and Cho cars. Did I get that backwards? Joe yeah. cars and Cho wings. Yeah, I think. But but either way, there, there's like basically airplanes, helicopters, cars. Though not not as we would think of them probably, because it sounds mm-hmm. like they're. They're magically run, but still, I mean, they're yeah. they're these transports of metal and, and amazing magical technology. And yeah. it's interesting too because Cummins runs into a soldier, and the soldier it looked he's it sounds like he's wearing a Shan Chen helmet. That's right, yeah, the insectoid just, helmet. It describes yeah. it as yeah, wow. <laughs> so what's even going on here anymore? I don't even understand. I, the Shan Chen must have gotten that in in the culture as it derived from the Age of Legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like well, I mean, Ar- Archer Hawkwing even was like thousands of years after this, so. Maybe it's something that he wrote, like yeah. some like from his descendants. I maybe don't know. It's something they found over the sea. Oh, maybe yeah, remnants of the of the Age of Legends. Yeah, yeah, and the the soldier is kind of in shock because he's like, "Oh, what am I going to do?" I guess it's kind of like a caste like society. The Aiel are raised to be these amazing or do this agricultural thing, and the soldiers, he says, are raised to be soldiers. And so the soldier is kind of in shock, like, "What do I, what do I do now if the war is over?" And the Isle's like, I don't care. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Not my problem. I gotta go to the Aiel party. And so he heads, and then there's this really sad scene where he heads to talk to Charn, who is this old guy who tells these crazy stories of before there was a war. And claimed that he had served Lanfear. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, the Kuman is like, I wish he'd stop telling people that he served Lanfear. <laughs> <laughs> but Charn has been lynched. Yep. And this is, this is crazy. Like, the, <laughs> I keep saying crazy, but we the Isle are very respected in this culture that we've seen. But these, the commoners, the townsfolk, whatever you would call them, have lynched this one. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, the, the war is over. We, you know, you don't have to, you, we don't have to obey you anymore or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like the, the Aiel, I think that it's it's earlier on, or sorry, later on, when, when they talk about the idea that Aiel used to mean one thing, but it starts meaning something else. Like they're, they're later on their name means people of the dragon but that's not actually accurate because they didn't serve the dragon specifically they yeah, were they were the children of the dragon right but does that mean he made them that's a great question i don't know or, i mean like 
But they, they seem like a they they do seem a bit like a manufactured people, right? Like the way that they're described, yeah, the way they right? work here. Yeah, and how they're they're born to a specific role, and how they have like a, a they all look the same. They've got short red hair, and they they wear the cut and sore, the same stuff that the IO wear today when they're killing people. Yeah, they're. I mean, are they are these a bunch of clones? This is like a clone bat situation. Oh, maybe they are, right? It's it's who knows? Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is bonkers. Uh, mm-hmm. So we get another. Uh, view one more one last one of Charn the guy who got hanged uh, just after the sealing of the boar and we know by the way that the sealing of the boar during that the Dark One's counterstroke that tainted Sidin happened mm-hmm. yeah so so that 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 specific moment is when things went haywire essentially. yeah mm-hmm. like the moment where they thought they were about to win yeah mm-hmm. so Charn is is on the streets of the Kalam Don, which is a big research institute, I guess, where they do all the really advanced magical technology stuff. And above it is the Sharom, which is a giant sphere, because that's a really cool place to do research, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and he's thinking about how there's this woman named Mirren who has proposed marriage to him several times, and he's going to accept. She's talking about today is the day when the female and male Aes Sedai would be able to tap into the same power. This, so mm-hmm. this is this is interesting. This this whole little thing is interesting to me because okay, so Charn has said he worked for Lanfear. Yeah, and we know Lanfear is not her real name. I think this is her real name here. I think Lanfear's yeah. real name is um, Mirren. I think that's really? right. Really? Yeah, yeah, Mirren is leading the or co-leading the team that is tapping in unknowingly to the Dark One's prison. Yeah, because oh. the, this whole thing, their whole. Thing. That's Lanfear. But, yeah, exactly. Charn says, I don't, uh, they didn't start out evil. And so what it is, is they're trying to find a new way to channel uh, using this power source that they don't know what it is inside the Sharam. Right. And it's the Dark One. So men and women can work together. They mm-hmm. think they'll be able to do even greater things. Right, exactly. So we have Mirren and um, Vitamon. Yeah. Which could be Balsamon. It might be. It could be like Bosamon could be like a bastardization of that original name, and and mm-hmm. that, so that could be Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking it was Ishmael because they make a because in one of these stories in Rudy, and they talk about Ishmael being one of the Forsaken who is still actually loose. Right. Uh, well, he's he's, he's not. He's one quite, of the last ones. Yeah. yeah, and we know now that he is he was sort of half trapped, and he was able to influence the world as Bosamon for three thousand mm-hmm. years. So we don't know that this is him, but given that Bosamon is the name of Ishmael and Bidamon is the other person who helped mm-hmm. open the Dark One's prison might actually be Ishmael. Yeah. And they were... So they weren't trying to do evil. They were just seeking greater power. And what's fascinating to me is that that means that Lanfear, the woman who exists... Selene, the woman who exists today, lived in this time. Like, yeah. So what must it be like walking through the world today, like right? having lived in this age of super technology and then you're just like walking among... Yeah. Cavemen. Cavemen, yeah. basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like these people are killing each other with swords all the time. This is you know we used to fly through the sky, you know, and have all these amazing technologies, and now people are going back to healing each other with herbs and things. Yeah, a huge devolution. Yeah, I mean, like the the breaking of the world collapsed culture and technology to the point that was basically like we bombed ourselves back to the stone age as as the adage goes right yeah this Mm -hmm. is like this is what we did the the culture was much more advanced in the age of legends than i was kind of thinking it was yeah it it is like science fiction the way that they have it and so charn sees what happens right after the (laughs) they bore into the dark one's prison accidentally and the the Sharom, the giant sphere above the city, explodes into a million pieces and everybody freaks out. It's it's an obsidian inferno, which is hard to picture, but probably yeah. pretty cool looking. Yeah, really, really big mistake that they made. Also, if did we know that Landfear was an Aes Sedai? Yes. yes. Okay. They were all, all the channelers, I think, were Aes Sedai at yeah, the time. Yeah, they okay. mentioned that all, all of the, the Forsaken were the greatest Aes Sedai of the Age of Legends, and that's right. why they're so nasty now. So, okay, Rand finally gets out. Uh, and Muradin does not make it out. But I think, okay, to put it all in order, the story is the Aes Sedai in Age of Legends, this wonderful world of technology, of magic and stuff, they bore a hole in the Dark One's prison, which released evil into the world, evil energy, and there was a giant, insane war, which the Aes Sedai of the Age of Legends won, uh, but not before Dark One's counterstroke uh, tainted the tainted side in, which, right. which caused the Aes Sedai to destroy themselves and destroy the world in the process. Right. The Aeel were some kind of servant caste in the Age of Legends, who, in the last extreme of the, the destruction of the world, were given a task, 
uh, to travel around protecting these artifacts, which were like male artifacts that the crazy men shouldn't get access to. The Aeol, by the way, followed the way of the leaf and they never did any violence. That was, that was, it seems like that's been part of their culture since the very beginning. It's part of their, like, mm-hmm. their caste. Yeah. And so during the breaking of the world and after the breaking of the world, when everybody was bandits and raiders, post-apocalyptic, the Aeol wandered through the chaos where, you know, and there's the one guy who keeps thinking like, you know, you know, 10 days north of here used to be an ocean, but I, I, who knows if it is now? Yeah. So they don't know anything and they're, they're, they die in massive numbers and several groups splinter off them. Oh, by the way, this is like a super like minor thing, but the OG are also wandering this that time. They, we yeah. mentioned that they crossed paths with the OG. Yeah, right. Yeah. They've lost their they've steading. They've lost their steading. This is the yeah. thing they talk about, yeah. Right, and we heard about that. That's the, what did Loyal call it? The long... The long, longing. The longing, yeah, yeah. And so so the Tinkers, what we know as the Tinkers, the, the traveling folk, spin off of the Aeol at this time. They keep following the way of the leaf. Another group spins off and becomes what we know as the Aeol. The Gen Aeol specifically, right? Well, the Gen Aeol are the originals. The true Aeol. Right. This group, the group that we know as the Aeol aren't the true Aeol, but we still call them the Aeol. But they, they become these badass spear fighters because they're trying to protect the Gen Aeol. The Gen Aeol eventually, with some Aes Sedai that they found somewhere, go into the waste and found Ruidian using the Aventasaur leaves. And Ruidian only gets partly built. But the purpose of Ruidian is to remind the Aeol of who they are, where they came from, what their purpose is. Yeah. And their purpose is to protect these artifacts and to serve the Aes Sedai and to serve the Dragon Reborn. Another interesting thing, as a result of this, the Aya might be the last pure bloodline surviving from the Age of Legends. Yeah, right, yeah. Because, like, they, presumably, generally the Aeol didn't inter intermarry with anyone except other Aeol, right? Yeah. So they've been in this, like, bubble where only they existed. So if they were genetically engineered, they're probably still more or less the same genetic. That's probably why they're taller than everybody else. Yeah. Because they're not, oh. they're like genetically engineered, right? Mm-hmm. And they're still immediately identifiable by those physical features. Yeah. So, yeah, right? Did I miss anything? It's crazy. I love it. It, it raises almost as many questions as it answers, but I, I, I love this, just a glimpse of the Age of Legends. These, you know? Yeah, these were some of my favorite chapters in this entire book. Mm-hmm. In the entire series for me. Yeah. 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 So cool. Yeah, that's that's what Robert Jordan is so good at, is painting these, these epic... Uh, scenes these epic history things i don't think i've ever read anything like that before yeah that that yeah a reverse history that explains where all these legends and and ways of life came from it's hard to read you know because they the way they talk about things don't make sense until you read something that comes afterwards Mm -hmm. but uh but once you do it like and it it's it sort of is the bewilderment that i, I assume rand and, and muradin feel as they go through this machine that's implanting these memories in them mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's really difficult it's got to be disorienting it's, but like imagine we're reading it but imagining imagine if all of a sudden you remember the that those things happened to you yeah <laughs> in reverse right so rand makes it out and he's kind of staggering around when he finds matt who has been hung from the tree of life. Because <laughs> of course, of course he has. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's very cinematic, right? He comes out, he's like, no! Like cuts him down, starts beating on his chest. Don't you die on oh, me! Oh yeah, he gives him that the CPR like they used to learn in Emmons Field. Right. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> he was thinking about trying to raise him with the one power, but then he realizes he doesn't want him to be a, uh, a zombie. Mm-hmm. So he gives him mouth to mouth. Yeah, that's good thinking, Rand. So something I didn't actually catch the first time I read this, but I caught this time through. Maybe I didn't know about this at the time. Matt is like, this is like an Odinic legend that's happening right oh, here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's hung from the tree yep. and he's got the, the two... The spear like, has the two ravens on it. Yeah. And the right. ravens are the Hungnir and Mungnir who represent thought and memory. Yep. And which is, that's the Odin thing. I don't yeah, think it's that here. It's all straight Odin. See, yeah. Rand got his memories back and he got... His ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was... I, I did not catch that the first time through. Yeah, right? It's like, this is a weird spear, I guess, when I, you know, when I read this <laughs> in middle school. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Matt has been spit out of the of the, the doorway by the fox people with his gifts that he demanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got this really sweet spear. Yeah, Naginata kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, Naginata thing, like a sword on the end of a, a spear staff. Yeah. Very, very cool. He's got a medallion. For some reason. I didn't... What's the point of the medallion? I think we'll get it. Okay, cool. <laughs> And uh, and they hung him because <laughs> he did some lessons because he didn't specify the price. So those are the gifts that we've seen so far, and I think we'll find there's some other gifts that they've given him too. And uh, they're like, he so yeah, ran CPRs and back to life, 
And uh, they say, well, we should get out of here. And then they have a big fight scene. <laughs> yeah, they're chased by these shadow dust monsters, these creepy shadow dust monsters. Yeah, which I don't even know what that is. They think it's a dark one bubble. I guess, yeah. I mean, that's... that's. I guess every weird thing that happens is a dark one bubble now. Yep. Uh, and uh, Rand and Matt fight their way out. Back to back. Badasses. Yeah. I feel like this was a really unnecessary scene, though. I agree. I'd forgotten it completely. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. It, it's kind of out of place. I mean, like, it would have been fine if they just walked out. But nothing nothing changes. Nothing is gained or lost. It's just like, yeah. just, it, maybe it's just a reminder that, hey, there's still bad shit happening. And yeah. it's another one of those, they they fight them and then Rand remembers that he can just instantly destroy them. <laughs> That's true, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Matt's like, why didn't you do that in the first place? I'm like, oh, I, I forgot. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, maybe, I, I mean, totally I guess you could say that's the only, maybe that's, that's the point that he realizes that he can remember how to do things when he remembers he can do them, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, he uh, heads back to Chayendayar, and it looks like it's uh, almost dawn. Oh, yeah. It's almost like he's coming from Meridian at dawn. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So chapter 27, Within the Ways, with a icon of uh, Avendisaur Leaf. Because so. <sighs> we had to follow this total awesomeness with just a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> I know. It's just like, back to Perrin fail. Cool. Uh, the greatest of Robert Jordan followed by the worst of Robert Jordan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Perrin and Fael travel through the ways in two separate parties. They are still fighting, literally. God, I know. This this scene, I actually wanted to talk about it a little bit because this is, I think this is terrible. So as we know, when we left off, Perrin had wandered off to the first guidepost by himself because he was like, you know, I'm not going to follow her unless I have to. So she walks up to him, slaps him in the face, and he says... Please don't hit me. So she hits him again, and when he's on the ground, she starts punching him in the ribs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess she must love him a lot to do all that, I guess. <laughs> I and then, yeah, because that's... Yeah. And, and it's implied that the resolution of this is that he grabs her and spanks her, I guess? Yeah. Like, I guess that makes it funny. I don't know. This this whole... That scene was pretty gross to me, actually. Mm-hmm. It, it, it made is. me really yeah. uncomfortable, the, this this whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. why, are, why isn't anybody breaking this up, right? Their friends are here. Like, this is... this. You, Everyone, it's terrible. Th- this is all I can figure is that this is presented comedically because Robert Jordan writes all the observing characters as laughing at it, like, "Oh, this, this is funny. I wouldn't want to get involved in your little lovers' quarrel." And this is this is terrible. I think it's his. I don't think he thinks it's funny at this point because I don't think that the other people are thinking it's funny. But like the two Aiel that are friends with Fael say that they're not going to get involved in the fight because she picked it herself. So they're not standing there laughing. I think that this is just Robert Jordan's very poor way of trying to show depth of emotions among from um, in a very um passionate person. Yeah, I guess. Like this is this is the way that she shows her love or something, but to me this is just like this is straight abuse, you know, this is awful. I think it's supposed to be romantic. Yeah, I no, I I don't think that Robert Jordan is being to write this as abusive as it seems to me, but this is like this is pretty extreme to me. It's just like it's not even like joking, slapping. She's like hitting him in the short ribs to the point that he's like doubled over. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this is like really uncomfortable to me to read, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it falls into the category of women can't possibly hurt men, therefore it's funny when they try. Yeah. And and Fayil, oh, she pushes it a little too far, and so he spanks her, so they're square. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right, Jeff. But it but reading this to me was still like. Very uncomfortable. I'm sure that's the way he intended it, but it just was very uncomfortable to read. Mm -hmm. Uh, But luckily for everybody, Trollocs and Fades attack them. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, yeah, because they interrupt another really, like, gross scene where she, like, calls him over and she's like, oh, I just wanted to see if you'd come like a dog when I called you or something like that. Yes. Oh, my God. I hate you, is what I wrote. Yeah, I I hate you written in big block letters. Because, yes, this is terrible. But luckily, we're all saved the awkwardness by an ambush. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Right. Huge... Trollic fight, and man, good idea to bring those three Isle with them. There is something pretty funny, though. Uh, apparently, the two Isle women keep trying to get Perrin to just walk off a little bit into the darkness of the ways oh, with them, yeah. and he refuses. He didn't need the slight shaking of Gaul's head to refuse. So, I mean, what are they going to Are they going to kill him? I mean, like, what are they? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's right, hard to probably. say with Isle, right? They would just kill him, right? I wonder how Faye would, would feel if, if they ended up killing Perrin for her. I wonder how she'd feel about that. <laughs> Serve her right for <laughs> yeah. being such a dick. Oh, man. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, Robert Jordan does a pretty good fight scene in, yeah, in his style. Yeah, he's a great fight scene. These are yeah. fun. Uh, it's fun to see Gaul fighting the Trollocs. It's fun to see the Maidens, like, fighting 
as a team. Uh, I like it when Perrin wolfs out. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he does. Loyal, kicking kicking ass and taking names. He sets one of them on fire with his lantern and just like beats him up with his like stick. Yeah. Such a badass. Yeah, so good. And I, I really liked when the Fade attacked at this point. Uh, like, you know, they think they killed all the Trollocs and then a Fade jumps in with mm-hmm. a roar. With a roar like a hundred pounds of bone falling into a huge meat grinder, a fade <laughs> leaped into the light. Eyeless stare a stare of death, black sword flickering like lightning. Yeah, Robert Jordan's descriptions of what fades sound like when they talk is low-key my favorite thing about these books. <laughs> Seriously, like every every time. He and he 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 mixes it up too. Like every time he it's, comes with like a really right, yeah. evocative sound that is like, oh <laughs> yeah, it's so like, good. <laughs> it's like uh, a thousand skeletons being dropped on a field of dead leaves or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a snake slithering across the bones of the dead. <laughs> None of these things, by the way, give me a really good idea of what it sounded like. No. They just sound pretty metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Fade jumps in and they all have a big team fight against the Fade. It's kind of a boss fight. Oh, it's great. Yeah, like they've got him, like they're shooting him with arrows. Yeah, I really liked how the Maidens immediately just started shooting him with arrows instead of sword spear fighting him because... That's the smart thing to do here, right? Yeah, like getting up close with a fate is a terrible idea. Not that I mean, I guess someone has to do it because he's not going to stay away very long. But still, yeah, they were they were like doing a great right. job there. And Perrin mm-hmm. wolfs out and uh, and smashes its head with his hammer. Mm-hmm. Pretty great, pretty cool. And then he's like, "Whoa, that was I shouldn't have got that close. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably a bad idea. Well, Those fade blades really suck." <laughs> well, because he's thinking to himself, "Oh shit, I wanted to like rip its throat out with my teeth." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except right. this blood is incredibly corrosive, or whatever. Right. But before any more Fayil and Perrin awkwardness can happen, Machin Shin shows up and, you know... Thank God. Yeah, fight called on account of Black Wind. <laughs> <laughs> and then chases them out of uh, out of the ways, which luckily they're right at the Waygate tomb in Etherin, so yeah. they're they're almost home. And uh, I, I did note that before Perrin lift the ways, he howled. Yeah. At the, <laughs> at the Turned around. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what does that look like? I don't know. <laughs> Probably hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And they make it out, but the Trollocs don't. Yeah, we learned that Blackwind uh, eats Trollocs too, and has its own little. Uh, he has its own little nursery rhyme for the Trollocs too about their acrid hearts and their bitter blood. I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. So yeah, he talks about the Trollocs That's too. Nice, yeah, it's an equal opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I always sort of wondered if they if Blackwind wanted to eat the Trollocs, but apparently so. <laughs> and so they're out. They're in the mountains above Emmons Field, the mountains of Minethrin. And uh, let's see. We get a little bit of that history again. Yeah, a little bit of Minethrin recap of uh, how the the city was there. But during the Trolloc Wars, it was destroyed by the One Power. And I'd, I'd forgotten, or maybe I didn't know, the last king of Minethrin. We knew he was Aemon, right? Aemon's yeah. field, but it was Aemon, Alcar, Althorin? Yeah. So, yeah. Althor? They yeah, mentioned we, that we, one time before. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's um, Rand's descendants. Yeah, we, we think that... Well, it's well, not Rand's it's family, Tam's though. Tam, yeah, right, so right, Tam yeah. is a descendant of kings then, right? Probably, yeah. Probably. He's, he got the blood of the king of Minethrin, the last king. Yeah, I think I think um, we, we got some reference to Egwene's family's descent, or ancestors, too, but I don't remember what it was. But the, yeah, the the that's, I guess, the the idea that the blood is bloodline yeah. from Minethrin. Remember, still the, pure. the prophecy was um, Rand was of the blood, but not raised by the blood. Mm. It, 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 was, it was something like... Old blood raised by, like, oh. old blood meets older blood raised by the blood, the greater blood. There's like a bunch of blood. There was like, there's something like that. Different blood thing. So there were three types of blood involved in Rand, and we know the Aiel is one, and Minethrin blood is another. And we don't know what the third is, but it's something, something special too, apparently. Yeah. He's like a nice little blood cocktail. Yeah. So they, were, they made it home. Loyal locks the ways. Good idea. And uh, parents see some ravens and stuff, but no wolves. So they get out there and file, uh, Makes him strip down to his undies so she can rub ointment in hi- into him. Oh, yeah. That makes it all okay, right? Mm-hmm. She's taking care of him now. That's because mm-hmm. she loves him. It's like, yeah, no one hurts you but me, baby. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no one's Aww. allowed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're back to the abuse again. Yeah. Then she, does she slap him or no? She just gets mad at him like, I'm not going to sew up your shirt. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> asked you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, nobody asked you to come here. So yeah, anything else in that stuff? Uh, just that the there's no wolves and that's pretty ominous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So chapter twenty eight to the Tower of Genje, the icon of the wolf. And Loyal says, "I'm done with your shit." Oh yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He's like, "The promise is over. You know, you don't have to do this anymore." But they still have they have separate camps now. Yeah, so, they, there's a really awkward scene where he tries to pretend to be having fun when they're having fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Women, ha 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 ha," so they can hear him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. But way more interestingly is yes. Perrin goes for a yeah. dreamwalk. Perrin, yeah, has some wolf dreams. It's great. Uh, he has some dream visions, uh, a bunch of stuff we already know about, I think. And then he starts warping around in the dream. He realizes he can just look at a place and take a step and he can be there. It's pretty fun. I know. Like I, I said this before when, when Egwene was flying around. Like, I would have so much fun in the dream world. That's what <laughs> I'd be doing. I'd be, like, teleporting all yeah. over the place. But there are no wolves even in the dream world. And he finds and he finds out that's because someone's... Or he sees someone hunting the wolves, Yeah, right? that's right. A figure yeah. on a mountain who's shooting the dream wolves, I guess? Kind yeah, killing move. him and skinning him in the mm-hmm. dream. Yeah. And he chases that guy, and they, they go in this crazy overland run, like, you know, seven league boots, where they're they're running miles with every step, jumping yeah. rivers. Who knows where they, they end up? They've traveled so far. And yeah. they see some weird things. They see carved figures on the who take up nearly an entire mountainside. Mm-hmm. And then in another place, there's strange angular letters two spans high that had been incised across a cliff, mm-hmm. uh, a shade too smooth and sheer. I was trying to wonder if that was a connection to something here, like Robert Jordan does sometimes, but I couldn't think of anything. I can't think of anything with a cliff, but the uh, the Assyrians, there's a famous cliff wall in Syria uh, where the, an Assyrian king had wrote, basically wrote down his own personal history on a cliff wall so everybody could see it. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, cool. It's, it's still there. It's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's all, it's mostly like, and then I beheaded this guy, and then I beheaded this guy, and, you know, it's not that interesting. But... <laughs> and then I was like, pew, 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 and they were like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it was totally sweet. They put a bunch of E's in the sweet. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 this world has so much history. Mm-hmm. But he chases him to a tower, which we've seen before. We have. Yeah, this is the tower that. Bale Dolmon pointed out to Matt and Rand. <gasps> That's oh. right. Blinking in the distance that the river traders used as a waypoint. Whoa. Uh, I, I, remember think, the, it was I a, think it's that tower. It's a, I know it's a big metal tower, so that makes sense. Yeah. A big shiny metal tower. Because don't they say that there's? It, it's not clear how you get in or out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so right. it must yeah. be the same tower. Yeah, that's right. But the guy that he's chasing goes into it, and he's about to go into the tower himself to try and find a way. When Hopper shows up. Yay. Love mm. Hopper. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopper's great. And Hopper says, don't go in there, idiot. That's you know, the Tower of Evil. And that guy is the Slayer, which is what the wolves call him, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's a pretty good name. But we find we find out that this tower, because he runs into Moraine, right? No. Oh, it's what is not it? Moraine. He runs into a golden-haired woman. With some sort of silver something that... That she's hiding from she's him. Hiding from him. Mm-hmm. And there's another person there, but Perrin can't see him. And the, the woman allows us how she shouldn't be talking to Perrin. Mm-hmm. And she's saying basically the same thing Hopper is saying, which is, you know, don't go into that tower. You'll get killed. It's really hard to get out. Did you catch the name of it, though, where the, where the tower leads? Yeah. She said it leads to the... The yeah. realms of the Aelfin and the Elfin. Which are those yeah. snake and fox people, apparently. We, yeah, maybe, right? Well, I think that's what she says, because like, she, she talks about the, the, the same things, oh, yeah. the iron and the fire and the music. Yeah, and, the... and Perrin says that's the... That's just like the old game, Snakes and Foxes, that mm-hmm. all the kids play. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, yeah, that's probably a remnant of like the deal that we made with them hundreds of years ago. Or something right, like yeah. Thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. And and he says that, I really like this, he says that's a game kids play until they get old enough to realize there's no way to win. Which is just like dealing with these snake and fox people, right? They're very tricky. There's the only no way, way to win to... is by cheating, apparently. Yeah, the only way to win is by fire or iron or singing a song. <laughs> Do other cultures have... Elf, elf lore, the way that like the Brit the the British do. I don't think it's. I don't think these details are there, but I think every culture has the idea of, you know, things that live beyond the campfire, right? Mm-hmm. Live out in the woods and the places that we never see. Okay. I think it's interesting that she she mentions that they aren't evil. They're just um, so different s- from humankind. Yeah. Yeah. That I, they, they they may as well be. Yeah, I think that's what we what we've seen from them too is that they're not. They're not, ha, 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 we get to eat you now. They're just, they're sort of doing the rules their own way. Mm-hmm. They're so. so alien. So, yeah, this is, this is really interesting. Like, we don't get much of an explanation, but this, this woman is very strange and suspiciously informative. Yeah, wearing a long golden braid. Yeah. We've seen her before. Yeah, she's Birgit, one, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's one nice. of the hundred companions. And yeah. the, the guy with the and double Beer, swords. And of the silver bow. Oh, so I think that's, that's she's hiding the bow or something. And then the, the, there's a guy with two swords over his shoulders, which is, I assume, one of the other... I think it's Gaidal Kane who's associated with Birgit. Mm, might be. Yeah, and so that's... Right, which Perrin... And Perrin like, would, would know who she is if he sits and thinks about it for a while. 
But, you know, he takes his time. Yeah, so she, she just dumps this crazy exposition, like, in one paragraph, and is like, oh, wait, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, she keeps saying something about prescripts. Hey, look, I'm sorry, I'm breaking some prescripts here. And it's, like, yeah. it's like, what are you talking about? She's like, can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Hopper's like, who are you talking to? I like I like how wolves are. You start talking to nobody and then just like sit there and wait for you to finish your conversation. <laughs> He's like, there was no one there. I just thought you were talking to the wind. It's probably what dogs think when we're talking on our phones. That's true. Yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that's how humans be. They're crazy. Uh, so he gets a little bit of information. So Slayer, yeah. And Hopper says Slayer is killing the wolves in the dream and that's a permanent death for the wolves. Mm-hmm. And then he, do- he doesn't seem as distraught about it as I would be but maybe that I guess wolves are kind of fatalistic or something you know? yeah and, and then Hopper flies away yeah. <laughs> like he does <laughs> and yeah so Perrin that's that's what Perrin gets out of the dream and so there's ravens and there's no wolves around in the two rivers yeah so things probably aren't going great in the two rivers is what we can gather from this yeah right this we haven't even got to the white cloaks yet mm-hmm. right. so that's it for this episode next time we're going to cover chapters 29 through 33 of the shadow rising I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have one of those. <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at the dragonreread.com. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews on wherever you got this. Please check out our website, thedragonreread.com. Uh, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash thedragonreread. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. <laughs> Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.